Okay. Welcome to Toxic Podcast. I'm Alejandro Colini. This is my podcast that I host alone. Wouldn't wish it on anyone else. I consume and process toxic media on this podcast. Toxic media is a genre that I invented myself. It's any form of content that, regardless of quality, is genuinely emotionally exhausting or taxing to consume. And today, Justice League. <sighs> wow. All right, I guess that's the one. I guess no matter what happens after what I just did, this episode has to be this take, because that was incredible. That was fucking great. Um, how are you guys? How's everyone doing? I hope you all, every, everyone, wherever you are, answer out loud. Um, so, so I've watched Justice League two times in the last two days, and we're gonna just, we're just gonna bury ourselves in this, in this. Hang on a second, I'm gonna. That was making me a little warlike. That music, Hans. Um, <laughs> so, so. It's incredible. It's just incredible to live in a world. And I, you know, I love comics. I'm a little, a little comic boy. <laughs> I'm a comic in every sense of the word. Ugh, 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 hang on. Let me take some water. So, you know, sorry about, um, I don't know. Sorry about there not being an episode last week. Pr- frankly, my last episode fucking ruled. Um, but, <laughs> um, but I'm again in a weird place. Uh, I am once again in a weird place. I would, is there any episode of Toxic Podcast where I'm, you know, sometimes there are episodes where I'm like, I'm in a good mood. Or sometimes I'm like, fine. I don't know. Um, I think I'm a little sick, but that's fine. <laughs> I like to be a little sick. <laughs> oh, man. Um... And a bunch of a bunch of things have happened. Um, you know, this will be a very thick, thick uh, period of pages in my biography. But perhaps in this episode of Toxic Podcast, I do not need to fill you in on exactly what has happened in my life, because the two of us have an on again, off again uh, relationship with each other, and uh, we got to keep each other at arm's length, and we got to protect ourselves. And uh, I know that more than ever now. Um, so let's talk about the movie Justice League. First of all, I just want to say it's been—I've been watching Justice League for two two years now, right? The movie Justice League benefits so much from my love for the movie Batman versus Superman. Like it's—it's. It's, God, and I feel so stupid saying this. I'm so, I'm so dumb. But, you know, Batman versus Superman, truly, really, just what an, ex- what an experience of a movie. And I, when I say it's my favorite movie, a lot of people probably rightfully think that I might be like an idiot or like a psycho. And, well, okay, I mean, fair enough. But, but my reasons for liking that movie are brilliant and aesthetically seamless. Like I'm a, I'm a genius for loving that movie. And this movie, it's kind of like how, like when you want Arrested Development to get more viewers, you put it on after the OC and it doesn't work. Like, um, Justice League, it's like, I, I watch it because it's on after Batman versus Superman, you know, like if, If John Cusack's The Raven were the movie that comes after Batman versus Superman, I would have watched it like nine or ten times. 
as it stands, Justice League is the movie that occurs directly after Batman versus Superman. Um, it's also a movie like we live in a world. I don't know, whatever. No one, no one cares anymore. Like people, because we're already in like double and triple reverse. Uh, we're doing, we're already doing the triple Lindy in the the movie Back to School that is our current existence. <sighs> but none of us have learned anything. Um, <laughs> that didn't make any sense. I know it's fine. Um, but so like at the beginning of the last year, excuse me, hang on, hang on just one second. Hang on. So at the beginning of the last decade, right? Wait, ah, oh, I'm such an idiot. Not the big, be- Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm like that fish that got put into a blender in that episode, in that, in that movie. Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. I don't know if I've ever described the fish blender scene on an episode that's made it to air, but I'm not describing it again. I've done it like three times on episodes that I had to cut out. I, But if you've seen it, you know what I mean. There's a fish that gets put in a blender. And then a guy drinks the fish. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but so we, you know, there was there's the Marvel movies, right? And they, they exist, and I don't want to talk about them right now. Like it's, which is a weird because I have to talk about Justice League, but it's kind of, it's kind of crazy now that we live in, in this world and it's not, you know, there's, there's sometimes if you get me in the right mood, I'll be like, oh my God, it's so fun for fan culture that we're in this oversaturation point of these superhero movies where like at this point you like, you're like, fuck, like I, I gotta go to the movies and see this movie about like the blue beetle at the laundromat. Like it's, you know, like it's <laughs> like... I, I, and 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 just that like so many of these characters you know it's 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 in a, in a in again in a cynical if i am divesting my my understanding of like capitalism and corporatism and stuff from my like joyous little boy you know i can fly because i believe that i can to the lost to you know the world of make believe or whatever it is um uh uh um like, it's cool that the Vision's in movies. It's funny. It's really funny that the Vision's in movies. Like, it's really hilarious. Um, and, that, like, sometimes he's a normal guy. Sometimes he's a big red guy in a cave. It's very fun. Um, the, the like, it's, it's funny that we have enough superhero properties that now we have, like, a, an entire spate of genres of superhero property. That's very funny. You got your big action blockbuster superhero property. You got your taut thriller superhero property. You got your wacky buddy comedy superhero property. It's, 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 and yeah, nightmarish. Sure, it's nightmarish. It's horrible. It's fine. Whatever. It's, it's nightmarish. I understand. God, what was I saying? Um, (laughs) um, uh, 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 oh, oh, oh. So it's just like, it's just, well, it's just fucking crazy. It's crazy. Um, and, and, and so like, it's crazy, like, it's crazy that we have like a Venom movie where the villain in the Venom movie is a symbiote who's not carnage that like, (laughs) that Venom fights like riot in that movie. And, and, and the, and the Joker movie. And I know I haven't seen the Joker movie and I'm sorry that I haven't seen the Joker movie. If you want to know why I haven't, it's because we live in a society, frankly, uh, the, we, the last, oh my God, the last couple of months have been very society living months. Um, but, uh, 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 so, so it's just, so it's crazy. So it's, so I guess, I guess I just took a million years to say it's weird. It's crazy. Um, 
obviously everyone has different feelings about it. Um, some people say that it's like horribly infantile and some people say that it's like, I don't know. I think, I think we all kind of agree that it's regressive, but like, I think it's, I think it's regressive in a way that, uh, is, I don't know. I don't, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, watch Cloak and Dagger on Netflix or wherever it is. Um, (laughs) watch, watch that, watch that show. What's it called? Dead, Dead Ghouls. Doom Patrol. Thank you. Where Brendan Fraser's a fucking, um, like a toy man. Um, excuse me. Oh, God. (laughs) Ah, well. Love, love that big throaty fake laugh. Wow, I got yeah, no, that's that's what you need to start doing because <laughs> is indicting yourself. Okay, okay, hang on, take a breath. Let's So who knows why this happened, but here we are, right? Superhero um zero in you know, over it's not who knows. But so they try to make it, it, but it's, but it's, but what I mean is that as a guy who like my life is like, I dress like a lizard and I go on a stage and I pretend to be like addicted to gambling. Like I'm a Komodo dragon who's addicted to gambling and I sing for in like a lounge club. Um, or like I'm a tree and I'm like a depressed, handsome tree doctor who's like trapped in a millennial's apartment, slowly drying out. Um, which is not to say that I'm a, a genius. These are bad characters written by a, a bad person, but, um, I love that we live in a world where the Justice League have been brought together and they're like a bunch of sad assholes. One of them, and I don't care, I'll say this, is like a horribly <laughs> ruddy, miserable alcoholic. Like, Ben Affleck in this movie, I'm sorry, but like, he looks like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> and, and and he's so sad, like that scene where he's shaving on his plane. He's just like always alone, and and oh god, it's so weird. And then they bring in Joss Whedon, and he rewrites only the dialogue so that nothing makes sense. And then they shoot everything in this. It's insane. It's insane. And I and again, I've passed through a membrane. Something about me is different. Maybe finally I understand what cinema is all about because this movie is so badly and lazily made in so many ways and I don't even know if I'm going to describe the movie to you right now I don't I get again I don't know what is going to happen in this episode (laughs) it's gonna it's gonna end with me on top of the bridge killing spider-man's girlfriend um (laughs) uh, because I've got goblin disease man I do have goblin disease (sighs) clacking my big green claws on the counter. Um, so it's, yeah, it's funny that we have a justice league movie where they dig Superman's corpse out of the ground. Like why? Okay. And I don't, again, I don't mean to Marvel DC you and, and it's maybe it's weird that the Marvel heroes are just like, they never get their hands dirty. Marvel's such a, like, it's so shiny and like, Oh God, there's, I, I could, Oh, but, but, but like, let, let's just talk about like if Tony Stark had to like dig Captain America out of the ground. He would send out like an army of his like, not even Iron Man suits. He would have like a, a, a grave digging machine and it would go out and it would scan the ground and it would measure out exactly the area that needed to be lasered. It was And then it would raise up and it would look all sleek and shit. This is not a view. This is not a character. This is not a quality difference. It's a tone difference. And, 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 but in Justice League, it is, it is a quality difference in Justice League because like, it's, 
everyone's like sad in like a hangar. Like the Batcave is this like sad, like the Batcave is sad, but at least sometimes the Batcave is sad and noble or like grandiose, you know, like the Batcave becomes like just, oh God, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about the Bat, the Batcave, but like, it's just, it's, it's, it is hilarious that they, two dudes, the cyborg and the flash go out there with shovels and they dig Superman's corpse. They dig in the dirt until they hit one of their shovels, literally thunks on the coffin of Superman and then ha whatever. And they put him in some goop. So where, how do I want to organize my thoughts? Like, do you know what happened with this movie? Do you know? And like, where, where are we? What's our, what's our, what's our mission? What's our connection point here? Do I need to summarize the events of the Snyderverse? Fine. <laughs> For anyone who has not listened to my pre, and I would, again, recommend, I think I said this last week, go listen to my BVS episodes. Um, <sighs> what an asshole I am. <laughs> truly a bad person, but, um, I, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll stop, I'll stop, um, <laughs> oh, big day for Bernie, <laughs> hang on, sorry, I got a text message, my friend Bernie, it's been a, a big day for him, uh, 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 so, okay, so, Krypton explodes, <laughs> the planet Krypton, uh, having, yeah, I'm not even gonna get into it, climate change destroys Krypton, they shoot Superman out to Earth. He's a baby. He crashes on Earth. He grows up. He's got magnificent powers. He hides from the world because he realizes he's an alien. General Zod comes to Earth. General Zod forces Superman out of hiding by threatening, holding the whole world hostage. Then he tries to destroy the world anyway with a terraforming machine. Superman destroys the terraforming machine, snaps Zod's neck, and he becomes the sort of god hero of Earth who sort of, like, reigns by cheerful terror. You know, like, he... <laughs> everyone's like, oh my god, Jesus, this guy could burn. And, like, the... Oh my... Like, you know, you you guys know, that by this point, the destruction of Metropolis. Um, uh, like, Zod and Superman have a fight that levels a city, and it becomes clear, you know, it's clear to everyone, as much as they're happy that Superman saved their lives, like, everyone has this, like, political conversation about like what's the deal with with the this god man who flies around unilaterally intervening in international affairs um according to his like personal sentiments which is you know kind of an interesting question i guess um lex luther goes insane in the meantime and decides to for some reason attempt to drive batman insane which doesn't take much Batman, you know, he's an unstable guy, but we don't really get to see what he was like before anyway, so whatever. But so Batman goes insane and he starts not just beating up, you know, uh, let's be honest, poor people in, in Gotham, but he's now like torturing them <laughs> and putting, he's branding them, even though the brand amounts to like a seal of death. Like if you go to jail and you have the bat brand on you, they stab you, which doesn't make any sense to me because w wouldn't criminals not like bat? Wouldn't they be like, Hey, Batman wants you dead. We're not going to kill you. I don't get it, but it's fine. It's, it happens in Batman versus Superman. It's, it's great. Um, 
So Batman's insane. Superman, who's Clark Kent, and Clark Kent is a journalist. He cares about journalism, guys. He finds out about the Bat Vigilante torturing people in Gotham, and he wants to report on it. And so he, he's like, he, Batman and Superman, they don't like each other. It's like a reverse rom-com. Oh my god, I just got that. Oh my god, that's beautiful. They have the, I'm sorry, the heat's on, and it's making these, like, pounding noises. It's, it's by enemies trying to get at me. Um, <laughs> oh my, um, uh, yeah, it's a reverse meet cute. They, like, they meet each other, and they hate each other so much, and they just want to fucking kill each other. And Lex Luthor tweaks them and tweaks them and tweaks them, and then Batman makes a big suit of bat armor. He makes a kryptonite knife. He makes a bunch of kryptonite bombs. He tries to kill Superman. And super, he really loses his mind on Superman. It's raining. It's, oh my lord. And Superman, for his part, cannot act. Henry Cavill cannot act as Superman. I have seen him in other things. As Superman, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe the tights are constricting. <laughs> Maybe the suit is constricting. I'm sorry. I don't mean, like, tights. I... Oh, I hope that didn't, like, by orders of of degree, like, you know, implicitly, like, reinforce, like, toxically masculine stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, he's in tights. Maybe it's too tight. You know, I, I, I just mean, like, maybe the costume is distracting. From what I know about people on superhero shows, those costumes are not nearly as comfortable as you may think. Um, but so, uh, Batman tries to kill Superman. Lex Luthor, who is completely insane, in addition to pitting Batman and Superman against each other, forcing them to fight, he's blown up the Capitol, which, whatever. God, that's such a good movie. But so he makes Doomsday. He creates a, a, a poop monster named Doomsday, the desecration without name. They nuke Doomsday, and, they, and, and it's just, he grows a bunch of spines. And then Superman and Doomsday each stab each other in the heart, and they, like, really get in there. <laughs> and Superman dies. And they have two funerals for Superman. Two of them. Because he's Clark Kent and he's Superman. So they have, like, an official, like, military honors funeral for, like, the character of Superman. And then back in Smallville, they actually have, like, Clark Kent's funeral. And at the end of Batman vs. Superman, over the course of, like, 20 minutes, they show you both of their fun Like, they show you the bo both funerals. And guys, Justice League also begins with Superman's funeral. That's the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life! Sorry that I'm sorry. Um, but like how many times do we have to watch Superman's funeral? Oh my God. And the black flag with the S that gets dropped down in London and everyone. The world mourns Superman. Jesus. And newspapers. The, the newspapers in the world of justice. Look, look. I don't know. Hang on one second. I'm sorry. The computer is moving. I apologize. So, so Zack Snyder, Zack, Mr. Zack Snyder, and, and again, had to step, he had to step away from the film because of a personal tragedy, and who knows what, you know, the, the part of why I did this episode is because people are tweeting, release the Snyder Cut. The stars of the movie Justice League are tweeting, release the Snyder Cut. Oh my God. What could this movie be like? What could this, because... Because Batman vs. Superman is really, it's a movie where he does absolutely exactly what he wants. And maybe, or maybe not, because it's, oh god, that's so hard to say. It's just like, everything about it feels so deliberate, and it is so clearly a vision. You know what I mean? Like, it is not a, that movie is not a compromise. Like, yes, it's a mess. Yes, it's made of, like, chunks. And yes, like, a bunch of stuff was in it and then a bunch of stuff was out of it. And, like, it, you know, it's a, it's a horrible, it's a horrible, like, um, um, half-finished sculpture trapped in its marble. I've said that before of it. Um, 
Justice League, and I've said this, yeah, Justice League is like a big, it's a coherent sculpture made entirely of poop. I'm sorry. God, that's so dumb. Uh, and that's also, it's not true. It's not true at all. Um, but, 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 so Justice League, uh, yeah, let's just talk about a few of the first things that happen in, in Justice League, because I think, I think it's so important. Uh, 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 whatever and and who and why 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 Alejandro why am I doing this why am I doing this episode well because you know I like I you know I think this movie's funny I think there's funny things to talk about about this movie could I you know I I just wanted to I just wanted to I just wanted to knock one out of the park you know I just wanted to do one I needed a win you know um and, but now I don't know what my vision is. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Galaxy brained. Um, so let's, because uh, what am I going to say? It's a bad movie. If you've seen it, you're aware, right? You know, you see, you saw the, the, um, I don't, I don't not like you. You know, like all those weird, ugh, they went in, Joss Whedon went in with his weird joke pen, and he, and he, first of all, he dressed everyone like it was like the 90s, like whenever possible. Wonder Woman spends a good part of that movie wearing like shiny, like leather pants. Like it feels, it literally feels like she's like dressed like the, the, the character Faith from Buffy. Um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm an idiot, uh. And I, I don't know. I, I like. I, I I hate invoking Buffy because I've only seen a little of it, and I could not possibly pretend to be knowledgeable about it in the way that so many people that I know are. Like I wouldn't even. I I, I immediately feel self conscious bringing that in because I just like. I think so. That's an association that I made during that movie, and also like whatever. The beginning of Justice League is these two children and um, they're filming Superman. It's so here's already something strange and here's okay. So Superman, we all know that he had to do like reshoots for this movie and he could, he wouldn't shave his mustache. Cavill, what a fucking G Cavill is. I'm sorry for saying G. What what an incredible man. What a guy. He's a beautiful, he's a giant, beautiful British man who gets impaled on a hook in the straight-to-DVD movie Hellraiser Hellworld, which I would recommend you all watch. Hell, Hellraiser is incredible, um, as is Hellraiser Hellworld. It's a weird, it's such a good, con it's these, oh my god, the, the fuck demons, you open the puzzle and out come the fuck demons and they put all the hooks in you and they rip you apart and, and then they're like, yes, you like that. Like, it's, it's so, oh my god. You open the box! <laughs> what did you expect us to do? Um... Jeez, everyone's slithering around with no skin in those movies. I gotta read The Books of Blood by Clive Barker. He's the guy who wrote the first Hellraiser movie. He's the guy who wrote the story, that The Hellbound Heart, which is the novella. No, the novella that Hellraiser is based on. But what was I saying? Um, let's go back to uh, da, 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 Hellraiser. The, what was... Oh, Hellraiser Hellworld. Henry Cavill. Yeah, he's... he's, he's he'll... he'll he, you know, he, you, you put him in a suit and and give him a mustache and let him uh, get his ass kicked by a guy in a bathroom and he'll do fine. 
I think he still has yet to, I don't know. I don't think, have you seen, uh, maybe I'll watch The Witcher. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll become a, make a Cavill fan. I wonder if he can act in other things. Because he's, in Mission Impossible, like, he's fine. And he's given, I don't know, I guess like Superman is kind of, see, I don't think Superman is as easy as a lot of people do. Because I think Superman is a very, I think Superman is a very unstable character. And a lot, you know, like, a, a big part of superheroes, I think, is their, like, projectability, right? Like, a lot of superhero characters are, their attempt is sort of to be, like, everyman archetypes, in a way. Um, you could be this person. This could be you. Peter Parker was a normal high school student. Uh, Bruce Banner was a mild-mannered science. I don't know if he was mild-mannered, but Barry Allen, normal speed guy, you know, was not at all extremely fast. Um, uh, uh, um, what am I saying? Well, you know, I mean, and obviously, like, you get your Bruce Wayne and your stuff, but like, but 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 some of some of these characters, because of because they're not written like that. Some some characters are like your Bruce Wayne's your or your or your Superman um I think wait a second wait a second whoa 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 hang on I'm I'm sort of losing track of what I'm saying and trying to pick it up and and doing it wrong I'm trying to fit in the wrong plug um all these characters are projectable um but Superman is in a way that I think it's not like you see yourself as Superman you have to decide how you feel about Superman. Like, I don't know, maybe you see yourself as Superman. I think that would be a little, a little, uh, you know, <laughs> a little uh, egotistical. And certainly I do see myself as the Jesus of podcasting. I was thinking about that the other day, how I died for all your sins. And Superman, he's Jesus, you know, he died for our sins and we wouldn't let him remain dead. We resurrected him. Um, in order to fight against Steppenwolf, but, 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 uh, but, but what was I even saying is that Henry Cavill, he just doesn't even seem to know where spaces go in between words in these movies. So he's Superman and some kids and they're these like weird, like this is, maybe I won't even get beyond this scene because it's just like, so first of all, he's supposed to be being filmed on a cell phone camera. Like that's, it's clearly from the angle. It's like, Everything, what I can infer about this first shot, you see like a fire truck in the background, you see emergency workers and Superman with a satisfied smile on his face, he like turns and he sort of sees that he's being filmed and he acknowledges that he is being filmed, right? So what this tells me, a viewer, is that Superman just saved the day, right? You see, see say, and now the, the sort of firemen and the police are coming through and doing the sort of work that they would do in this context. And he himself, you know, he doesn't have... He, he has a break. He gets to look around and go, oh, this is nice. I saved, I saved someone, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, 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 uh. So he sees that he's being filmed and he, because the camera, the, the, what we're seeing him from, it's an angle of like a little bit lower than him, right? But already, so our brains go, this is a cell phone camera, but it's this weird square. Like it's not, a camera aperture at all. It's not like, it doesn't, it doesn't move like a, like a phone camera. It's clearly not being held in a hand. There's no, there, there's even this, like the two kids behind the camera also sound like weird cartoon kids from like the sixties or fifties. Like this idea of like, 
like it feels like they're on like a Christmas album with like Alvin and the Chipmunks talking about like how what they're gonna do to prank whatever the other the adult's name is. Like it, they're like, excuse me, Mister. Mr. Miss Superman, could we interview you for a pot? Ask him, ask him this. Don't, no, no, don't be a, don't be a doofus. You know, like, what, what fucking kids are these? What do you, what? It's weird. It's strange. It's also, is it in black and white? Whatever. But so the kids are like, Mr. Hey, you Superman. Oh my God. Can we interview you? And the other kid goes, it's for a podcast. <laughs> oh, he should fly away. Um, but so Superman's like, well, if it's for a podcast. <laughs> Does he say well if it's for no? He, but he 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 says something along the lines of like, "All right, in that case," and he's such a bad actor. And they ask him like, "Is that an S on your shirt?" And he's like, "God, what is this dialogue?" So they say, "What's that on your shirt?" And he goes, "It's the symbol of like my home planet." And they go, "But it looks like an S." And he goes, "It's supposed to. It comes and it goes." does an S come and go? Like he says, it winds like a river. It comes and it goes, which already to me just sounds like, like nothingness. Like when a movie does, there's, there's a certain amount of techno jargon that you expect in movies and TV nowadays where like you're expected to care about things. And there's, there's like a terraforming machine in this movie too. Why does everything have to be fucking like, why couldn't it just be like, he's here, he's got evil armies. It's always, oh, he's got the objects. He's got the fucking objects, the three objects. He went here, he went there, he went there. He collected his objects. He put them all in his bag. He went back to his lair. He fused the objects. And now the objects are going to destroy the world. We have a minimum of 45 minutes to disconnect the objects before the world has been terrified to us. Like, Jesus Christ. I don't, and, and in this movie, it is so dumb because the objects are, <laughs> are these boxes called Mother Boxes, which I think maybe are cool in the comics, but in this movie, it's like, they're like the MacGuffin of the film, but they're also like, they're Mother Boxes, and they don't, they're kind of, like the first, literally, Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck, who looks like at any moment he could pop, and vodka would stream, like it looks like vodka should just be streaming down his face. And I say this, I'm allowed to say this, because I myself know what it is like to be that person i have felt the water balloon filled with vodka feeling where you look at your cheeks and you're like am i santa claus what has happened to me bruce wayne he's on his plane he's talking about the mother boxes and the and then the, and the, the techno jargon he he literally has to be like it looks like there's some sort of containers or cubes of it's the dumbest it, it makes me want to beat my head against like a rock <laughs> i'm sorry okay i'm very sorry um but like the the fact that he has to keep saying it, 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 i maybe we could maybe things go inside them maybe they contain objects or wealth of some kind <laughs> maybe they jesus christ Ugh. but so um the, so so we expect techno jargon from our from our movies, right? Um, oh, we got to do X, Y, Z. We got to get the, the, the mother boxes. This movie also has like emotional jargon in it where characters say things that are clearly meant to mean something 
and they just don't. So it winds like a river. It's supposed to come and go. And then he goes, Superman goes, my, a man I once knew. Oh my God, what is this line? What does he fucking say? I, this is why you need to take notes. This is why you take notes. He, first of all, he starts to say my father. He's clearly about to say my father. And then he pauses and says, a man I once knew. God, he literally, it's fucking life is like a box of chocolate. He literally, it's like, it's something like, a man I once knew said that like, life is like a screwdriver. You gotta fucking handle, you know, handle first or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's just some fucking platitude. It's some bullshit platitude that you can see Kevin Costner telling him. God, I'm so glad Kevin Costner got all tornadoed up in Man of Steel. <laughs> but, um, but, 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 uh, 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 so Superman delivers his platitude and then the children go, what's your favorite thing about Earth? Um, and Superman, he looks, he, it, in, in, again, one of Henry Cavill's worst acting moments that in his entire reel, worse than him swinging from that hook in Hellraiser Hellworld. That's why you don't go to a video game party if you if it's hosted by Lance Henriksen. Because um, you'll get buried in the backyard and exposed to hallucinogenic drugs and uh, murdered by yourself. Because all those kids who were buried in the backyard in Hellraiser Hellworld, even though in the movie you watch them die, I'm sorry, spoilers, but they all appear to die from murder in the film. But then in the, at the end of the movie, it turns out that Lance Henriksen dosed them all, put them all in the backyard, and they all died of fear. <laughs> they died of... And he's, Lance Henriksen, in his Lance Henriksen voice, he goes, Good old-fashioned fear! That's not a good Lance Henriksen, but I hope you can imagine. Um, God, that's such a good movie. And then, of course... It turns out at the end that the Hellraiser, that the puzzle box is real. And uh, that is a deep movie. That is a good ass movie. Sometimes, sometimes a great movie falls, uh, you know, asunder. I don't know, whatever. Um, but let me pick up my thread here. So Superman in one of his worst, yeah, in one of his worst acting moments ever, he is asked what his favorite thing about Earth is. And he looks up sort of into like the middle disc. Like he looks up and to the left. He looks out of frame. And he sort of smiles like he's, like, thinking about, like, warm bread. <laughs> like, he's just like, yeah. And then it cuts. And then. <laughs> the saddest fucking music. Oh, my God. Wait. Hang on a second. I'm, I'm going to play this song for you. We need, because, and, I, and if you've seen the movie, I mean, you know, hang on a second. Justice Lee. No, I don't want to download YouTube music. Oh my lord. Every, everybody wants your six bucks. Everyone wants your fucking six bucks. <sighs> Bring back CISO, man. This... <laughs> okay. So this... Well, this is a Volvo commercial. God damn it. Comes. So... This is like... So, so, they, so they, this, this really sad music starts playing... And I wish it were playing now instead of in just a couple of seconds. But, okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. You've, this is... Oh, my lord. Oh, my god. So, suddenly, it's like you're watching Superman's funeral again. You have to watch him fucking get put in the ground again. You gotta watch all the pallbearers again. And now you're seeing these newspaper headlines. I don't know if I mentioned... Like, Zack Snyder thinks that journalism 
is like when a newspaper headline just says like Superman is dead. Like that's what like a that's what like a newspaper would say if Superman died. It wouldn't say like alien protector of Earth. Died. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm a good writer, but but but. So now we're like watching like a world and not like crisis, but like re resignation. Everyone's sad, and it's also like the time frame of this movie is insane. I'm ready. I'm reasonably certain that the events of Justice League take place within a month of the events of Batman versus Superman. Th this world undergoes so many traumas. This is such an insane world. It's so sad. But also, like the like, there's this part of the credits where they film one. They film a homeless guy, and it's like, yeah, homelessness is really bad. But like, homelessness is way worse than a ho one homeless guy sitting on the street. Like, it's it's such a like, ugh, it's such a fucking rich. It's such a rich asshole. Not a, like, it's like, oh yeah, the world, whatever. What I don't even I don't even want to, because I'm an idiot. I, I'm a I'm a classist. I'm the worst person of the world. Um, but so, like, now that Superman's dead, um, Joss Whedon has to direct this film, and he he puts in that little Easter egg. I tried. I don't know. It's 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 bad. It's bad. It's it's so weird that Whedon's name is on this movie. I've got no idea who it belongs to. Um, but there's also this scene contains the fruit stand scene. And hang on one second. Um. This is, I gotta credit Griffin, uh, my friend Griffin Newman from Blank Check, for this review, this Mother Jones review of Batman versus Superman that contains one of the funniest things I've ever heard about, hang on, I'm gonna read it to you guys, I'm sorry, I know that it's dumb to like read a quote to you guys, but I really like, hang on a second, Mother... Uh, oh, there we go. I, I, it's in my bookmarks. Uh, <laughs> Batman versus Superman is a failure on every single level. And listen, I love this movie so much, but I understand. Okay, so this is the quote from this movie. Hang on, who am I quoting here? I should give this guy credit. Um, ben Dreyfus. Uh, this is his review of Batman versus Superman from 2016. He says, the movie, I'm adding the movie, he says, is incomprehensible. Nothing makes any sense. We all understand that plots in these movies don't make sense. Of course they don't. That's standard. But in this movie, nothing makes sense on a scene level. In a lot of movies that make no sense on a plot level, the person will say, I am going to rob this fruit store. And you can quibble about why a person would rob a fruit store, but the characters in the movie accept it and go about robbing the fruit store, and we go along with it. They have conviction and authenticity, and they really try to rob that fruit store good, even if we in the audience think they are being ridiculous for robbing a fruit store, because when it works, it doesn't matter. In Batman v Superman, the characters say, I am going to rob this fruit store, and then go into the fruit store, throw fruit in the air, paint the walls with fruit, Pay for the fruit. Use the fruit as puppets in improv comedy. Have a dance party with the fruit. Build a home in the fruit store. Burn the fruit store down. Exit the smoldering husk of the fruit store and announce I robbed the vegetable store. That, it's beautiful. I love it so much. It's so, it's such good writing, you know, except for that improv, you know, like anyone can take a dig at improv these days. It's the easiest thing to do in the world, but whatever. I don't mean to copy it. I don't mean to punch up your review from 2016. Um... <laughs> God, I'm an asshole. Uh, but that is, as much as I love that movie, that's completely true of Batman versus Superman. Every character does everything they do because uh, that's what they do. 
There's like no, there's no reason other than, ah, oh, well, they, that's what, I mean, look at them doing it. That's why they're doing it, because they're doing it. Look, there they are doing it. <laughs> and this is like magical thinking. I know that this wasn't done on purpose, but in the opening sequence of Justice League, after the seeing how much the world is like suffering there's this scene where these neo-Nazis, implied neo-Nazis, the music swells. And suddenly we cut to these, these two dudes, like bald-headed guys, who are like being pushed by a woman wearing a headscarf and her like small son out of a fruit market. And a bunch of cops come up. And the skinhead guys are like screaming and screaming and pointing accusingly at the woman in the headscarf. And the cops come up and they're like scolding this men with the um, with the skinheads. And then the skinheads start kicking. There's all this fruit stacked on the street and they start kicking the fruit and it's in slow motion. And these peaches are flying up in the air and all the peaches are, they're all rolling in this beautiful shot. They're glimmering in the sunlight and the woman and her son are like watching in horror as the, the skinheads are like yelling and they're throwing oranges in the air. They're robbing the fruit stand. Excuse me. So this is an insane, like, this is, something strange is going on with Justice League. Um, they also, hang on a second. This opening song is four and a half minutes long, and it appears at the beginning of Justice League in its entirety. Justice League, the, the, the first time you see the phrase Justice League, it appears on, like, a black flag. Like, 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 Theseus is returning home fail you know from failing with the minotaur or whatever causing agamemnon to lead to his death i believe that's how that happens i could be wrong um but um so so justice league it's like it's like a movie where it's it's also got this kind of syndrome where it's like nothing seems to it doesn't nothing seems to really happen it's weird like what what does anything mean why is anything um what would be a good even like so there's batman versus mind hunter there's like this like which like i think might have been added later when you watch this movie you start because so snyder steps away because he's in he's been beset by tragedy um he the movie is unfinished but also it's not his like pure vision the way batman versus superman kind of was because originally justice league was going to be like multiple movies and it was going to be there was going to be like a, you know, I think dark side was going to be in it. And, um, and you know, now it's, especially after Batman versus Superman was so reviled, they really were like, you need to bring this home. You, you know, and while trying to do that, he's kind of overwhelmed. He's probably not having a great time working on the movie. They sort of, I don't know what they have on Joss Whedon. They make him come in and finish the movie. He like Whedon's it up. I would argue there's no way his contribution makes this movie anything but worse. I don't mean, you know, I, again, not a really a Buffy uh, aficionado. Um, obviously, I know he's an extremely talented writer in a lot of ways, and he's very, very good at certain things. I think his contributions to this movie, like, are these sort of labored, forced Whedon quips that, frankly, 
anyone who's seen these can write at this point. You don't need to hire Whedon to write these jokes. You could hire someone a little younger. Because, um, like, there's that scene where Lois and uh, Martha Kent are in the news office and clearly they added this joke where Lois or, or Martha Kent is like, you know, um, you should, you should get back into, into your journalism. And, uh, Lois is like, Oh, I'm not ready. And she's like, well, come on. Of course, of course you are. You know, Clark always used to say that you were the thirstiest girl he ever met. Like perhaps that could have been avoided if the people punching up this movie were a little younger, but also maybe they were, maybe the people punching up this movie were 22 and these are like, you know, what, what, you know, writing jokes for people is there's like, whatever, who knows, who, who knows whose fault any of this is. Maybe it's mine. Maybe it's all my fault for, um, <laughs> maybe it's my fault for, uh, living the life that I have. Um, for taking the risks that I have. I'm sorry. I'm a, no, I've, uh, I, uh, <sighs> sorry. I'm a, I'm a little sick. I've made myself sick through, uh, overwork and exhaustion. And now instead of lying in bed, I, I'm, I'm putting all of my effort. <laughs> I can't believe I'm like negging my podcast audience. Fuck me. I'm really, this is really, I'm doing this. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Well, geez. Ugh, I'm, okay, 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 okay. What are we, what are we doing now? Because so we listened to that song. So, so Whedon, he, he makes the, I don't know, I don't know what he does, but he also, so much of this is so badly done. So much, like, there's so much weird, oh God, and I don't want to talk too much, like, there's so much, like, added in green screen lines, and, like, none of it makes anything make any more sense. Like, that's the thing, is, like, when you go into a movie and you add jokes, but you're not adding, like, plot thickening, like, this movie needed more, like, flour, you know, in the recipe. It needed something to hold it together more, um... Because as it stands, it really is just like a series of things happening. Like, you're like this guy is like he's mind hunter for some reason. I don't. There's no reason why this guy at the beginning is mind hunter, but he's like on a roof that's obviously not a roof. Nowhere is anywhere too. Like this whole movie, and I, you know, yes, sure, this was true of Infinity War too. But the thing, the thing with the Infinity War movies is they set those movies in Goop Land. Like they're like here we are in Goop Land, or here we are in like a desiccated, destroyed wasteland. That's why nothing is. But in these movies, it's like, here we are on top of a building, and you can fucking tell there's no wind, you know? Like, it's, there's just, you gotta put people outside sometimes. Like, people, you know, I know that this sounds counter to everything else about me, right? Alejandro, I thought you loved this era of movies. I thought you loved that everything is, is like this now, and that movies are, you know, movies aren't about people trying to pay their rent anymore, that they're about people, you know, getting eaten by dragons, you know, I, and I think that's a manipulative thing to put in my mouth. Me. <laughs> wow, I wonder if to, I, I wonder if I'm going to have to call my retail job and say, I'm so sorry, I'm too sick to come to work tomorrow. After all I did today was speak for a while. Um, oh my God, I'm still nagging. Jesus! Sorry, sorry, sorry. I love being here with you. I love doing this. This is one of the things that keeps me together. I'm doing this because I love, I love it. Oh, well, now you'll, now you fucking got power over me. Shit. God damn it. Um, 
So where, what, what are we going to, what do we even, like, what do we even want to talk about? Like, um, Batman, he, 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 Mindhunter, he dangles Mindhunter off a cliff. What do you want from me? Fear. And then the, the parademon, this bug thing, he traps the parademon. Parademon turns green. And there's like, every, it's, again, it's another one of these scenes where like, everything about it makes no sense. There's, at one point, so he, Bruce, Bruce, let's call him Bruce. I, I've known him for years. He dangles Mindhunter over a cliff. And the parademon, so I guess he's, he wants to strike fear in a guy, right? Which doesn't, it's, I'm already confused. I'm already like, where, how did you know that this parademon would be here? Were you, so you're just randomly dangling a guy? You, do you, do, is the idea that like this guy happens to deserve ledge dangling? So that when you dangle him off a ledge, it's not just like, it's not just like, oh, I need to, I need fear to attract a parademon. Like, I'm going to go like, you know, uh, scare some regular people. I'm going to like, so I get, okay. So you find a guy who just committed a theft. So you're like, this guy's a thief. So you dangle him over a cliff. So then the parademon, just one, I, oh, you've been tracking it. Okay. So you've been tracking the parademon and now you've. This and l listen to how much legwork I'm doing. Listen to how much work I am doing to make sense of this situation. This is minute like three of uh, this is like minute seven of the film. So there's one parademon you're tracking it. You kind of know where it is, but you don't know exactly where it is. Now you need to like get it. You you're like okay. So what I'm gonna do? This guy is also robbing a bank or robbing a let's let's say it's a private home because he's just got this little duff. I don't know what could be in that bag. I guess it could be cold hard cash, but. But whatever. It's like a Nike... It looks like he's going to the gym. <laughs> he's, he's stealing... Um, he's, he's stealing one pillow. <laughs> it's just this... There's a very, very nice pillow in there. It's a my pillow. Um, so Bruce, he gets the guy, beats, he beats him up, he breaks all the bones in his fucking arm, you know, because he took a pillow. And he dangles him over the cliff. Because he, so he's like, I, this is two birds, one stone, basically, right? He's, he's like, he's like, I'm Batman. I love breaking arms. I love luring parademons. I'm going to dangle this guy off the cliff. Then, so here's, so his plan is like intricate enough that it involves using one criminal as bait to lure an evil creature, which you then are going to trap. But then when the parademon comes up from below, Bruce... He just jumps out into the night sky and j clings around this this monster demon from space. Batman, I shouldn't have to tell you guys, is the world's greatest detective. I like to think his plan would be a little more, like, careful than... <laughs> Then just leaping onto this parademon. And then, so the parademon now has a Batman-sized man, you know, has a has a fat alcoholic. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, has a, you know, Batman, Batman has put down, you know, half a bottle of Merlot in, you know, just tonight. And he is clinging with all his might to this demon who, like, is now, like, skittering about. He's like a, you know, he's like a bug man. And Bruce is fighting the parademon, and the parademon flies frantically all around, trying to, like, scrape Batman off him, trying to get him off him, and finally drops Batman down somehow on the exact same roof 
what the fuck kind of lazy storytelling is that? Like, what, like, and, and maybe it doesn't matter, you know, because I, I understand, you know, I understand. I've been defeated. I understand. These movies, fine. They're not cinema or whatever. And I, I wasn't, I don't mean that I was defeated, that, like, I thought these movies were, like, great cinema. I just, like, I don't want to talk about that issue anymore. And, like, I, you know, I, 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 like, I understand that these movies don't have to be, in some ways, made as carefully as others do, right? That's not what they're for. That's not what they're about. The acting doesn't need to be as good. The film craft doesn't need to be apparently as good. But sometimes it gets offensive to your viewers. Um, jumping onto a bug person, being flown all around, and somehow landing on the same rooftop because it's easier for your sets and affects people to do... And because you want Mindhunter to still be there to exchange some lines is awful. It's dumb. It's bad. Fine. What I mean, I don't know. You know, give me a medal for saying that. <laughs> um, why do we have movie podcasts? I'm, I, I cause I, a podcast revolution. So dumb. Um, but so the scout explodes into these green boxes and the guy goes... So, so Mindhunter goes, what was that? And Batman, Bruce Wayne goes, a scout uh, from space. And then Mindhunter goes, from space? You mean like an alien army? Clearly this scene was longer uh, because there needed to be some more lines in there. Uh, that And this movie is full of stuff like that. It's scenes where just they just edited out some stuff and they were like, no, 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 the conversation still makes sense. No, 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 it's clear, it's clear. Because Bruce says, a scout. And then this guy in first, like Mindhunter, who's been, like, he goes, a scout? You mean like an alien? Like, I'd be like, what do you mean a scout from space? Like, I guess, I guess if my brain were that, like, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. You mean like an alien army? So then the guy's like, it's because he's gone, isn't it? Which, again, it's been like two, three weeks since Superman died. So Batman is basically, what he's doing, his whole deal, is he's like going around trying to like get everyone on the team. So this is, this is again, like this is not, this is not, this cannot be the spine of your movie. It's insane that this is the spine of the movie. And, and I want to say, there's not a lot of the character, that, okay, so... I have, what I have heard is that in perhaps the Snyder Cut or at least other versions of this movie, like, the, there's a ton of cyborg stuff that was cut out of this movie. And you can feel it. Like, I didn't realize this. The first couple times I watched this movie, I was just like, my God, cyborg is barely in this movie. And now when you watch it, his absence, you can understand his absence as being like, you couldn't have put so much of what was in him as uh, part of parts of the movie, I think, were his own. Like they cut an entire story out of the movie. They like something. I, I believe like his dad might even die or something. I think there's like a redemptive arc with his dad. Maybe, maybe I'm completely making this up. But for but two things. So 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 so. The, so the spine of the movie could have been the cyborg stuff. And it also, because the, the, the cy cyborg was made by a mother box. A mother box 
was found by the human race. The mother boxes, Jesus Christ. So the mother boxes are like the fucking rings. The 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 tribes of of Earth, land, sea, and Amazon, um, each have a box, and they all have to keep the boxes safe because if the boxes get united, it could destroy something. It could destroy the world. And Steppenwolf, I I'll t- we'll do Steppenwolf in a second, and then I'll and then I'm just gonna get out of here. I'm honestly just gonna get out of your hair. <laughs> We're not gonna, we're not gonna, whatever. I don't need to tell you about the end of the movie. They save the day. (laughs) They save the day and it's like a big red goop fest. Superman comes back from the dead. We should talk about Superman coming back from the dead too. Hang on a second. Hang on. Let's make an itinerary like you would with a therapist. Um, So what was I? Okay. Movie spine. Movie spine. Cyborg. Um, and then, okay, and then we need to talk about Steppenwolf, uh, backstory. They called him Steppenwolf. And then, and then we should talk about Superman zombie. Um, God, I feel awful. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So, uh, uh, uh. Cyborg made from a mother box. The his his relationship with his dad. You know his dad. You he, he's in a car crash, right? And and you watch this happen in Batman. The Wonder Woman theme plays. That's God. That's probably God. There's such good music in this in this franchise. This insane franchise where Superman gets stabbed through his fucking heart. It's with well, the weirder thing is that Superman's apartment opens directly into his bathroom, but we don't even need to talk about that. Um, so, so we see this happen. Victor Stone is in like a catastrophic car wreck. He's lost. He loses like a significant portion of his body. It's like an explosion. And he, his father is one of these sort of, I would say in superhero realm, I'm I'm sure these sorts of scientists exist, but like, he's like one of these crazy scientists who's working on like secret government projects about like endless energy and like spooky, almost supernatural technology and, you know, weird rocks from space that turn things into transformers, you know? Um, So heartbroken and unable to accept that his son is dying, uh, Silas maybe? Am I making that up? Maybe maybe it's Jonathan. Um, jo- Victor Stone's dad exposes him to a mother box, which is which he understands to be an experimental object of like massive technological proportions that almost even like re- resemble magic. Right? This makes him into a like seventy five percent metal man who's also like a brooding teenager because he's super emo, he's super depressed, he's got like an alien language in his head. Every day he keeps getting upgraded, he gets like software upgrades, like one morning he can fly, the next morning his hand's a USB jack or whatever, like um, hand's a USB adapter or whatever. Um, Gotta get my accessory titles right. Um, Gotta know the difference between USB, USB USB-C, and lightning (laughs) for no reason. Uh, But... um, 
But, you know, he says he says to his dad, like, you should have let me die. I mean, he probably, I don't know if he says that in those words, but he is now hiding out in his dad's apartment. You know, everyone thinks he's dead and he doesn't know how to deal with the fact that he, and he doesn't even know if perhaps the this new alien tech body that he's been given, because he sometimes can't control it. There are points in the movie at which his body reacts um, without his consent he cannot but fire his gun at zombie Superman. He cannot but uh, fire his gun at Steppenwolf when Steppenwolf is threatening his father. Um, so he like hates his father for doing this to him. Uh, Steppenwolf abducts his father and a bunch of other scientists from Star Labs. Eventually, Cyborg like he go he flies away for a middle the whole middle part of the movie and maybe does stuff that we don't see. It's kind of like the, his Gandalf thing. Like, you know how Gandalf is gone and then he just kind of comes back? He's like, surprise! <laughs> oh, God. But, um, and at the end of the film, Victor Stone returns for the final climax and is like, I know how to help take apart the mother boxes or whatever. And he, like, lends his mother box technology, separating them and... Um, that could be the sort of centering element of the movie, because I'll tell you one thing. Batman, as the lead in the film, is not good. And the movie, the, like, it's not just that Ben Affleck is a sad alcoholic. It's not just that he is clearly, like, about to hit his, if not, like, this movie is him at rock bottom. It's that the movie also writes this character, like, you could show him doing, like, you could show him playing tennis, Right. This is and this is off the top of my head. Like you could you could come up with a million different ones of these. But like, how about instead of being on his private plane, drinking expensive red wine, shaving his big fat red face? He was on the tennis court. Right. You put him in like a shirt and you put him in like a tennis shirt and you make him look all sweaty, right? So now he looks like he's exerted himself, which his face looks red because he's exerted himself. And you give him a, and and he's playing with like another billionaire, right? And he and the billionaire are either talking about the bat vigilante or he, Bruce Wayne, is like quietly getting information. Or even if you want to put it in a, in a better light, he could be doing something to help out the poor or underserved in his communities. He could be tricking a rich asshole into donating money to, to some fucking community center or something. You could literally have it be anything. But it could be him interacting with another human being in a social context. And then he turns to Alfred and he goes, what, what information do you have me? for me. As of right now, his entire life is this hermetic Batman world. He's never not Bruce Wayne the Batman in this movie. He doesn't he doesn't go to a gala, he doesn't you know he he does a little bit in BVS, but even there, there should be a lot more Bruce Wayne as Bruce Wayne. I mean, that's not going to fix this movie, but it's it's weird it's weird the way that it is. Because his, 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 like, extreme isolation thing, and, like, he and, him and fucking Jeremy Irons having that, like, oh my god, everyone's a bunch of snowflakes. God, that sucks. They, like, go down the list of all the freaks that they have to pick up. Oh my god, Cyborg Man, Fast Man, Water Man, blech. I miss the days when we just had to deal with exploding penguins. And, and Jeremy Irons is like, I don't even recognize this world anymore. Sorry that I'm making them, like, sound all snotty. Like, suddenly they're Emma Roberts and scream but like uh but but Ben Affleck goes well we don't have to recognize it we just have to defend it 
we just have, he goes, we, we don't have to recognize it. We just have to save it. Um, oh man, I'm sorry for calling him a fat alcoholic so many times. I'm, you know, I think you guys can tell that I'm in quite a mood today. So I just want to pre-apologize. I'm, I'll probably apologize again next week, but that's been, that's been kind of a mean-spirited bit. So I'll, I'll try to be careful about that. I, um, God, I got to figure, I, I should figure out like what my position is on that because, on the one hand, you know, I want to be able to, I, I like mocking alcoholics. <laughs> I love, I want to make fun of an alcoholic. Um, but may, see, the only alcoholic I want to make fun of is me, you guys. I don't, <laughs> I, um, where were we? So the spine of this movie being Batman, like, it's just, it's just like, it's him traveling from place to place he goes to the fucking ice water land he goes, goes to, he goes to some bar he wants to talk to the aquaman and the scene doesn't make any sense he, uh, he, talk, he talks to the aquaman the aquaman's like i'm not gonna help you you do it dressed like a bat everything about this scene is so bad so, so let me get this straight if a character ever says so let me get this straight let's just cut it from the script cut that from the script have you ever heard a person say so let me get this straight like it's already, because people also in real life, you know, people don't talk in real life the way they do in movies and television shows. Sometimes great dialogue can approximate, but, but really what great dialogue is, is a heighten, right? Isn't it supposed to be more theatrical? Isn't it supposed to be better than real dialogue? And, it, you know, that's kind of philosophically how I feel about dialogue, um, is that there the point of dialogue shouldn't be reality. Real dialogue is boring. Real dialogue would involve large periods of time where people grunt at one another. Real dialogue would involve, um, you know, um, copious amounts of swearing that would eat up time and sort of frustrate viewers. Oh, whatever. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a genius. <laughs> at least not until I, you know, perfect my brain sucking helmet. Um, Ugh. But, uh, uh, um, yeah, so Batman going around and assembling his team is, it's just bad, it's just like, ugh, it's so bad, and the two, the, the two prongs of the movie become, like, Batman assembling his team, and then, like, it's kind of Avengers-y, like, it's kind of like the first Avengers, I bet, yeah, I bet they even did that, it's like, they all assemble, and then they work together for the first time as a team and they barely make it out with their lives, right? Like there's the Gotham Harbor scene where Steppenwolf has abducted these scientists and he's holding them underground and they go in there and they rescue the scientists and uh, the, the harbor floods into the channel that they're in and they barely get out and it's, and it's not very thrilling at all. Um, and they kind of get their asses handed to them. And then they're like, we got to bring back Superman. Um, and then the second time, once Superman has been brought back, they all give each other, like, a big team speech, and uh, uh, they all, suddenly they're friends, and, you know, my man! Um, but, uh, but, uh, so that, while those things are happening, you're really, like, with Bruce, who is, again, not a charismatic lead, and they, like, hint at him and Diana. Like, Diana is also... It, you know, Diana's part is so frustrating because there's the Steve Trevor thing. Like, they're setting up Wonder Woman, but, like, her whole, like, it, it, the idea is that she, like, shut herself down for a hundred years and she hasn't fought crime because of, because, because, because she loved Steve Trevor so much. 
and and she, that's why she's not like a beacon of inspiration to the world the way Superman was. They have like these philosophical arguments about this, and he like kind of likes her. Like Batman like likes Wonder Woman in this movie, but it's not. Thank I mean thank God they don't pull the trigger on it. Thank God they don't like kiss each other under the waterfall at the end of this movie. But like you know, and there's there there there's like a lot of like Wonder Woman butt that makes it into the final cut of this movie. There's a lot of it feels very like '90s convention sort of seeps into this movie and infects uh, elements of it that might I don't know. I mean like. I don't think that Zack Snyder is, like, less sexist than Joss Whedon, but I think he might be simply, like, he just, he just would be less horny in, 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 whatever, that's, that's, you know what, that's actually, like, not even a good road to go down, it's like, well, which, which kind of sexism is less insidious, and uh, that, but also, ugh, ugh, yeah, see, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. Oh God, uh, okay, can, can, you 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 did a good job. You caught yourself. Now continue doing your podcast. Don't don't walk into the sun. So the other thing that happens. Okay, so 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 Diana has an arc, right? Diana does. She she gets kind of brought into the team. Oh my God! Wait. Okay. So how do I want to do this? So she shows up. At the fucking bat cave, the bat hangar, the bat sad man's shack, the bat shack, yes. Um, and she's like, "So um, you are putting together a team. I will. will it, will it, you like uh, toys? Whatever. I like. She's. She's. You know. She's. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm being. Ugh, whatever. I, I, whew, it's a bad. It's a. It's a. It's a. Hold. Keep it together. Um, but so." She, because Steppenwolf appears in the, the mother box of the Amazons, we, we go to, I'm sorry, it's, uh, the movie itself is more chaotic than my telling of it, but, and, and I'm just, I'm trying, I'm just kind of trying to tell you, like, I'm literally, I can't believe I'm saying this, I'm just trying to tell you honestly, like, what I think needs to be said. So the, okay, so the villain of this movie is, uh, is a cutscene character from, like, Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Everyone has said this already. I'm not a genius for noticing it, but it is... It's so egregious. It's so it is like kind of baffling to watch cuz you you cuz there's like there's a movie not doing well and then there's a movie not trying and like this there's a there are some qualities of this movie that feel not first of all unfinished like so Steppenwolf, he comes out of the mother box. He looks like a, yeah, he's like got a, like a horn. He's got like two horns on his helmet. He's got a big battle axe, but he's completely CGI. Like he's not like a man. He's played by what? Siren Hines? I mean, you cannot see Siren Hines in the, in the composite, see, you know, effects deal. I don't know. I don't think that he spent time in this, in the suit doing mocap for this part. Especially because Steppenwolf moves Again, like a 2000, like a mid-2000s video game boss. He has, like, similar, he has, like, an axe spin move. He has, like, some stilted turn moves and, like, a couple of swoops and leaps. But it feels like there's almost a finite amount of Steppenwolf animations. Um, His, all of his lines could have been put in, like, a bag of villain lines and sort of shaken out one by one. Like, you will love me, child. The whole earth will love me. 
I will remake it in my image, casting the old world into darkness. There will only be Steppenwolf and his followers, child. You know, like, I, I could do this for a million years. That's all he says. He's never, he's never like, you know, I'm not just an evil guy. I also love the music of Frank Sinatra. Like, he's, a, he's, he's, there, there's, there's gotta, you know, every, even your laziest written villain, there needs to be, Thanos, Thanos has this, is, you know, when I was a kid, like, when I was just a young Steppenwolf, or, or, or if he, or maybe he said, or maybe he says, let me tell you about my home planet, let me tell you about where I was raised on, on Apocalypse, here's what it's like, and I'm gonna make Earth into that. Instead, it again feels like he has a few phrases that he's allowed to say, um, like that he's programmed to say, and his presence in this movie, like he zo he zooms out of the mother box and then he like beats up all the Amazons and the Amazons, you know, like act the action in this, so there is action in this movie that is not bad. Obviously it's weird, although like Zack Snyder, every movie that he makes, there's horses and they always get hurt. But like Steppenwolf, like shoulder, shoulder checks a horse in this movie. <laughs> He like knocks over a horse. He's like eight feet tall. He's a he's a he's a big boy. Um, but so Steppenwolf grabs the mother box. They're like the Amazons are like shooting the they like attach the mother box to arrows and they're like shooting it to each other to keep it away from him. They're like riding on horses. They're running and running and running and they're they're smashing the gates and lowering. They're locked the gates, you know. Um, <laughs> and so Steppenwolf, he's you know he's with his one or two axe moves. He's plowing through all these poor Amazons. He's he's, he's you know sowing destruction and he beats up the queen Amazon and he murders her companion and pins her beneath a, a fake horse. And he says, you will love me, my child. He takes the mother box and he shoops up into a sort of like tube that sucks him up into the air. I don't know. I don't know where he goes, but so now that's like his presence and he's in. And so they light the fires of Hestia or something. They shoot a big arrow, flaming arrow into the Parthenon and, Gal Gadot is restoring some art and she sees that the Parthenon or the Pantheon or something is on fire and she goes and finds Bruce and Bruce is like, I think there's a war coming. And she goes, it's already here. And then, and this is another sort of, I just wanted to sort of dig in on how when something is lazy like this, like there's laziness and then there's laziness like painting over itself to be like double and triple laziness in ways that are so infuriating. And so like, this is again, like the sort of philosophical or emotional techno jargon, the equivalent of techno jargon, but in a sort of spiritual story sense. For the Gal Gadot, it cuts to this sort of awful cut scene where Steppenwolf is like bashing his axe on the ground and like it literally like a video game boss. It does that move where his axe creates like a shockwave and a bunch of his enemies fly up into the air. And there's it's a very Snydery sort of flaming red rocks destruction of the world sequence. But it's also the final battle from Lord of the Rings, where like all the tribes of Earth, the Atlanteans are fighting together, the Amazons, the men are fighting Steppenwolf, and Steppenwolf is fighting with his axe, and Gal Gadot's first line is, they call him Steppenwolf. So, who calls him, like, who is they, 
What the fuck do you mean? They call him Steppenwolf, the destroyer of worlds. He was one of the new gods. He comes from Apocalypse, and he had only one goal, to make the world pay, right? He wanted to unite the mother boxes. So he comes to Earth, millions fell before his blade. The tribes of Earth had to, you know, band together. And so you watch the tribes of Earth band together, and they drive him back, and they sort of mitigate him. And then she says that there's this shot of Steppenwolf's spaceships, his, like, big flaming dreadnoughts kind of flying away from Earth, and all of his, like, bros are kind of, like, holding him back. Like, he clearly wants to keep fighting, and, like, all of his, like, sort of underlings are holding him as he tries to claw his way back onto the battlefield. He's, like, screaming and crying with defeat, with, like, rage that he's been defeated. And Gal Gadot goes, Some say it drove him mad. The shame of his first defeat. So, but, but here's the thing. Why, if he was already evil, does anything need to drive him mad? And if he has been driven mad by his first defeat, will that come up? Because I'll tell you one thing, in the version of the movie that we see, it does not. He's not like, there's no point where he was like, you know, I already wanted to destroy the earth, but now I want to cut everyone's feet off and tie them to their hands and make them all try to live their lives like normal. You know, like, like, <laughs> he's, it's, why, why layer on? Why layer it on? You're already being so lazy. You're already like, you're like, they're so, oh God. Why does he have to have even been here before? Why can't he just be like, he's one of the new gods, he's new, I've only heard of him, I've heard of him. Why does he have to have already tried to destroy Earth and he was driven back? Who cares? Some say it drove him mad. It drove him mad, and then what? What happened? What? But he, but he got over it, and now, and, you know, like, now he's poised for a comeback. So the mother boxes, they're very powerful and destructive, and, and they split the boxes up on Earth because they want it to be like Lord of the Rings, even though it's not like Lord of the Rings, even though, like, they, 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 they're, like, why? Why do this if, again, it doesn't matter, you know? Like, there's no, there's no Lord or Rings sequences or anything. But they give one box to the Atlanteans. They give, I guess, I guess they wanted to, okay, so they do this to sort of bring you from place to place. They want to show you... They want to show you, um, what's the name of the fucking island where the Amazons live? Oh, man. Shit. Um, fuck, how do I not know this? I'm sorry. They want to show you that island. They want to show you um, Aqua Place, even though that's a disaster. That two shot with Amber Heard and, and Jason Momoa um, in front of CGI screen. It's just such a it's just so bummer. It's just a bummer when you can like <laughs> when you can hear the air conditioning in the room. Do you know what I mean? Like you're watching like I'm watching Aquaman and like his sister or maybe his ex-girlfriend or like whoever it is. Like, I don't remember who that character is to him. Like, I think I think she's his sister. Um, and they're like having an argument and they're under the water. So they're under the sea, like hundreds of feet under the water. And they're in this like little whirlpool of air for no particular reason. But so like that's an incredibly weird environment. 
And when I watch the movie, it doesn't feel like they're in a whirlpool of air. It feels like they're in some room in Los Angeles or even, or maybe like some studio in Britain or wherever. Like you can, again, you can feel the, the air conditioning. You can, you can tell that any, that somewhere off camera, there's just like a million water bottles and shit. Like it's so frustrating, but, um, so I guess that's why you've got the three boxes, because like Steppenwolf, he's got to go get the box from under the water. He's got to go beat up the Atlanteans. He's got to make Aquaman suddenly invested. Aquaman saves them in the harbor. And then he's got to get the man, the box of man, which is idiotic because they bring so they bring Superman back from the dead. This is where this movie gets really macabre. It's like for a while, it's just like a bad superhero movie. And then they're like, we got to bring Superman back from the dead. So they dig his body up and they go to the Kryptonian spaceship where they made Doomsday. They put him in the goop and then the Flash charges the mother box and it brings him back from the dead. But he doesn't really know who he is or where he is. All he knows is that he's mad. He flies to Heroes Park, which is where his statue used to be until the fight with Doomsday destroyed destroyed it, which must have been only weeks ago because the park hasn't been rebuilt or cleaned up. He's standing there kind of looking around and the, the Justice League shows up and they're like, hey buddy, hey, hey, what's up? He's shirtless. He's, he's not wearing a shirt. It's, it's great. Um, he's, he's just wearing his suit pants, which is very funny. He was buried in his suit and his shirt is gone, but he's still got his suit pants on. Hey, come on, let's be tasteful guys. He's got his suit pants on. Um... <laughs> Listen, I petition for a lot more dick in superhero movies. There's, you, have you guys ever seen whatever it is, maybe X-Men 3 or Wolverine Origins? There's this shot where Wolverine, like, he's naked and he, like, gets out of the tub. They put all the adamantium in him. He's like, I'm mad! <laughs> oh, God. But, um, so Superman essentially gets into a fight scene with the Justice League. Um, and... You know, the Flash is there. I'm sorry I haven't mentioned the Flash, played by, uh, played by, um, I have no, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what, what bit I was about to do. Um, uh, uh, but I don't even, I mean, I honestly, like, I don't even want to talk to you about the Flash scene where he talks about brunch. Um, but, 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 so they, so... What am I trying to get at? I mean, there's the Steppenwolf thing... So I, so, so have I kind of described that Steppenwolf is just like, so, so, so there's, so they, they've given you his backstory, right? Superman, Superman fight scene. What, what was I saying? Hang on a second. Let me consult my, my little notes and see what I needed to do. Superman zombie. Oh yeah. Okay. So, well, it's just, I mean, it's just fun to watch him beat up the Justice League. And then of course there's this, the shot where he finally sees Batman, <laughs> And he picks Batman up and he goes, you did this to me. This is the only good acting that Henry Cavill has brought in, in Superman. As he goes, you did this to me. He's, Superman is now hovering. And this is like, I actually was talking to someone who was saying that Superman is a character who like represents like unconditional kindness and joy and like protection and safety and stuff. And I think that's really cool. I think that's a really cool interpretation of Superman. And I think in a lot of ways that your interpretation of Superman, your interpretation of anything, your reading of anything can be a sort of Rorschach or, you know, a sort of, uh, well, <laughs> um, but like it can be a sort of, um, uh, uh, yeah, a, a little test to see what you, who you are, how you frame the world. I find Superman to be like a, a, a yeah, like a scary God figure. Um, and I love Superman in scary God mode floating around, 
strangling Batman. You And then Superman says the... This line, yeah, he says the line in Justice League that I identify with most, where he goes, you won't let me live, you won't let me die. He's choking Batman to death. He's like, you won't let me live, you won't let me die. And Batman goes, the world needs you. And he goes, but does it need you? Oh, God, oh, my God. If he just dropped Batman, maybe in Batman's neck. But you guys, you know, you, you know, you know, it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing. You guys would love it. Um, Superman flies away. Um, he gets his head right. He comes back, gives it one hundred and ten percent. Hey, he comes. It's like because at the end of it, when the world is exploding and Steppenwolf is parademons have taken over everything, it's their Avengers end scene. It's very much it's it's Sokovia, you know. Um, Uh, the uh, Justice League has assembled without Superman to make a likely fatal last stand. And they're getting the shit kicked out of them by old, old Steppenwolf. And he says something like, why can't you see the truth that you're doomed? And suddenly he like swings his ax and someone grabs it and stops it in midair. And it, we all like turn and, uh! and Superman goes, and this is like good, this is when Superman is good. This is good Superman. As he goes, you know, I like truth, but I'm also a big fan of justice. <laughs> Aren't we all, Superman? I too am a fan of justice. I would love justice. Um, <laughs> psychotic completely psychotic Alejandro Galini completely psychotic that's what it says on the pillows that I saw on my website um, <laughs> but uh, 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 so Superman he loves truth he loves justice even more he punches Steppenwolf in like a pew kind of way and then uh, the end of the movie and then the movie kind of wraps up they beat Steppenwolf and they all kind of go like oh good we all work together and maybe we'll work together I mean probably not Right? Probably not, but uh, maybe we will. But, uh, you know, probably not. Um, it's really funny when the movie... At the end of the movie, like, Bruce Wayne gets, like, a new table. He's like, give me a big table! Lots of room for superheroes to sit at. Yeah, I'm sure that's... It's like when I asked my parents for rollerblades for Christmas. A lot of use. A lot of use those rollerblades got. I went to the skate park once, and a guy called me Chicken Legs. Never again. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's it. Listen, that's fucking it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this episode. I'm sorry that it's so long. I'm sorry that I deliver uncertain returns. I'm sorry that it can be frustrating or worrisome. I appreciate all of you. That's what we, that's what, that's what people say nowadays at, at, at like in high pressure job situations. I appreciate you. I really appreciate, instead of just saying like, thank you, I appreciate you. Hey man, I appreciate all of you. You're, we're all we are all doing great work. Um, so what else? Um, there's no holidays coming up. Nothing's coming up in the next couple of months. Uh, very excited for mid January. I can't wait for it. And uh, yeah, um, take take care of yourselves. <laughs> take care of each other. Um, and thank, thank you to everyone. Thank you to everyone who is, uh, who takes care of me. Um, oh, fuck, 
fuck, fuck, fuck, fuck, fuck, fuck. Okay, fuck. All right, fuck. Okay. <laughs> fuck.